bear. The bear. Do you see the light? The bear. Do you see the light? What light? Have you seen the light? Yes. Yes. Jesus H. What's going on, everyone? I'm Kevin. I'm Jake. This is Movie Matters. Today we're talking about the Blues Brothers from 1980. Um, dude, James Brown always looks sweaty as fuck in every like clip I've ever seen him in, or like in this movie, he's just like his face is just like soaked. Oh yeah, <laughs> he goes hard, dude. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he actually sung that live um mm-hmm. in the movie which is pretty cool so yeah, yeah his I, uh his performance is live and um john lee hooker's performance on maxwell street was recorded live because yeah. they they both couldn't lip sync <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's just badass honestly if you ask me yeah. like just like yeah, i don't want to lip sync i just want to like actually sing that's just super do cool. it <laughs> yeah so um i've seen this movie at least a dozen times, maybe even 20 times. I love this movie. Um, We've bonded over this movie a lot um, just as kids. And obviously we, so we grew up in Chicago and this is, you know, a love letter to Chicago. It's, Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to, if you live in Illinois or Chicago, like you, this is a movie you are watching like a hundred percent. And it's crazy because like people still have not seen this movie. Like I, I asked my, my boss at work, I'm like, have you seen Blues Brothers? He's like, no, I've never seen it. And this guy, he's in his 40s. I'm like, how the hell have you never seen this movie? Like, this is an absolute dynamite classic movie um, that everyone should see. Yeah, it it is really surprising how many people haven't seen it, um, especially because everyone knows the, like, deal <laughs> with yeah. it. Um, but but some people just haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I mean... It, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it in a sense because like not everyone's into musicals. And I mean, I like this isn't I would categorize this as a musical, but like mm-hmm. at the same time, it's you know, it's mainly a comedy in my opinion. But yeah. I feel like a lot of people, especially like with this movie coming out in 1980, like and you growing up, like everyone knows about this movie and like growing up, it's like, Oh, it's a musical. Not everyone wants to watch a musical, which is, you know, yeah. kind of disappointing. Cause there's some great musicals out there singing in the rain, like La La Land and stuff like that. But this is like, this movie is not like that type of musical, I guess you could say, but it's so entertaining and so well done. And like, mm-hmm. I haven't even, I, I haven't, I haven't watched it in a while. Like when, when was the last time you watched this movie? Uh, probably a year or two. Okay, so you've seen it one, somewhat recently. I know it's one of your favorites for sure. Yeah, I usually um, watch it at least once a year. <laughs> okay, that's I awesome. Love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so good. Um, yeah, like I haven't I hadn't seen it in a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, like oh, oh, definitely a good number of years, maybe even five years. And oh. yeah, it's it's been a while for me. But like it, I had a whole new appreciation for this movie. Like watching it now at at, at our age and you know, us kind of dissecting eighties movies. It's just like, you know, obviously it's right at 1980, which you kind of consider it an eighties movie, even though it's very seventies vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a whole new appreciation for this movie, especially with how 
classic it is and how like iconic it is. Like I didn't yeah. realize how iconic it is until watching it like this time. Like it's mm-hmm. so iconic, like with all the people that are involved, you know, like uh, you got James Brown, obviously from that clip, you got Aretha Franklin, you got uh, Ray Charles, like mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. The, the musical lineup in this movie is like absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, everyone that plays or, or sings in this movie is like an R and B legend. Um, yeah. The, the backup band for the blues brothers are all like studio musicians from like the sixties and seventies that are like played on every single legendary blues or R and B record ever made. So like it's uh it's wild that they assembled this like absolutely legendary <laughs> set of people together uh, yeah. to do a comedy. <laughs> yeah. And the cast in general is awesome. You know, yeah. obviously Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, um, John Candy, uh, mm-hmm. just classic, classic Carrie cast. Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Like, like I, I forgot she was in this, but like it, this is like straight off of Star Wars almost. Yeah. Like a few years after a few years after, but like it's all the same not, people not from that far. pool. Yeah. Like all the same people from the pool, like John Landis knows Spielberg, who knows Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like that's all a melting pot of all those, you know, classic seventies, seventies movies and getting the, the team and stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Carrie Fisher's character is awesome in this movie. Like yeah. she says like, <laughs> no, like she has like no dialogue, but like, is just always trying to kill john belushi jake uh you know and i loved that just shooting rocket launchers at them like i just love how they're so oblivious to it and like that just adds to the comedy like they get you know the rocket launcher shoots at their like hotel or wherever uh uh elwood's staying and they just get up and like brush their suits off and then like the doors come off the hinges so good i love that scene and just you know, the flamethrower with the propane tank and the mm-hmm. the phone booth launching in there. It's just a classic kind of slapstick comedy. Um, yeah, and, so that, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to touch on is like this this movie hits like every type of comedy. Like there's like uh, there's great visual gags. There's like just classic kind of jokes. There's a bunch of slapstick and there's like complete like absurdism or like the, when the Nazi car flies off the highway and it's like (laughs) dropped from the air from like 20 miles in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, they just like went like completely wild with it. And then like, that's what makes it, I think so great. And even the like little moments where like, the doors and the orphanage open and close by themselves. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like, like, like exorcist style almost like yeah. and the, 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 the main nun levitating backwards to go yeah. back into her quarters. <laughs> so good. I forgot about like Again, I forgot about all this like classic stuff. It was really good mm-hmm. to watch it again. So um, definitely worth a, a rewatch. If, if whoever's listening, you know, hasn't seen it in a while, definitely worth a rewatch or watch it for the first time. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of cool fun facts, like a lot of cool cameos and casts like we were talking about, like John Candy as that like corrections officer. He's mm-hmm. awesome. I love John Candy that like he's like my childhood movie dad, if you will. Like he he's 
just amazing. Like I just watched Uncle Buck recent, like literally the other night, and that's mm-hmm. one of my all time favorites. Like he's so good in this movie, and he's yeah. got such a small part with his you know seventies mustache and his yeah. hair. So good. Um, yeah, and just, he's like a goofball. Like yeah. through the whole movie, like he's the only one that enjoys the antics that like they're yeah. being put through. <laughs> like all yeah. the other cops are just like pissed the whole yeah. movie, <laughs> and they crash into the side of the truck, and he's like, "What car is this?" 55 oh we're car 55 we're in a truck i love that <laughs> yeah. love that just so so awesome um yeah just little little cameos here and there um all all like just dynamite cast for sure like mm-hmm. great casting um yeah and uh you know looping back to the comedic aspects of this i i think one of the reasons why this movie is so good is uh it's i i think a little bit ahead of its time in terms of how it handles comedy um because they give you just enough time for jokes to land and for you to laugh stop laughing and then they hit you with the next joke and like uh we talked about in our night shift episode like some other contemporaries in like the early eighties, we're still in that like sixties, seventies, like just like assault you with jokes one after the other and not give you time to like yeah. process them. And, uh, I, th- this movie is like probably one of the oldest movies I've seen that actually lets things sit for a minute before yeah, time to breathe, they continue, sure. you know? Um, I, I, I think that makes it like super successful. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, uh, John Landis directed this movie. He's obviously well known from Animal House, which is a really good mm-hmm. comedy, slapstick, stuff like that. Um, I was really impressed. Like this time watching it, I really kind of focused on his directing style and everything like that. And like you said, with with allowing the jokes to land, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, just with the jokes to land and everything like that, they it, they did a good job. Like the direction was really awesome and just like how it's shot is really good and just mm-hmm. like, the acting is actually surprisingly really good. Like mm-hmm. I just, I love, like I was really impressed with this direction. Yeah. There's even like little moments where like, um, the actors will do like something kind of weird, but like it really works. Like the, the one for me is when they're at Bob's country bunker and they're talking to Bob's wife and Jake just starts going like, extremely loud and like uh boisterous <laughs> like almost, almost like spitting too <laughs> yeah like well, that's great bob and like <laughs> and then but then you hear bob talk and bob talks the same way yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. like oh i i get it he's being like a country guy <laughs> you know like yeah it's it's just like tiny little things like that that add i think so, like little layers to the to the performances that are pretty great Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's funny that, you know, obviously, so they're in these suits and glasses the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I just find that hilarious in and of itself. And like when they go to that restaurant to re- uh, to recruit um, uh, the fancy pants guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mr. And, Fabulous. Uh, Mr. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, when they were like recruiting Shake him, and, like, yeah. When they're recruiting, trying to get him, and they're you know causing a ruckus at this really fancy restaurant, and the one patron next to them with his family is just like these guys are offensive. They smell. 
<laughs> yeah. I love I love that part because it's just like it's ex- it's so on the nose and it's great comedy because it's like they're mm-hmm. in these suits twenty four seven, you know, right. like Jake literally just got out of prison and mm-hmm. hasn't dry cleaned or washed the suit and just throws it right on and like you know obviously they're not going to show that in a movie but it's just like you just know that he's just, yeah. they live in it and it's so great like they go to sleep in it too like yeah. it's just it's just classic. <laughs> classic like they're inside all the time sunglasses on like you never see their eyes really and i I just that adds to the comedy aspect of it yeah for sure um i think there's a lot of those like little details about like their fictional lives that like really give the movie some depth you know like uh in the early part of the movie uh they get pulled over and uh they have uh the police have the like whatever that like schemads, uh, schemads which <laughs> is like the state municipal county offender database or something <laughs> yeah and when it when it pulls up elwood's information it's like 156 tickets unpaid and like 50 <laughs> moving violations <laughs> yeah it's like like suspend the license immediately arrest driver yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so funny yeah <laughs> And they just take off. So, yeah, you know, and destroy yeah. them all. <laughs> yes. That whole destruction was awesome. And I just love that mm-hmm. they're just, you know, it adds to the comedy that's just like, oh, Pier One Imports. This mall's got everything. Like they're actually walking yeah. through it, but they're instead driving through it, causing a muck. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, speaking of destruction and stuff like that, the budget was, you know, it's it was $27.5 million. Which mm-hmm. for that time apparently was the most expensive movie ever made, which is crazy. Yeah. Like that's mind blowing. Like especially watching it, it's like you can get that, but you also at the same time it's just like it's a pretty like you know simple movie, simple premise. Yeah. Minus obviously the car chases and all the cars, mm-hmm. you know, getting destroyed. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. And like it grossed, it grossed one hundred and fifteen million, which is a good amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't really considered. Uh, like a financial success until like later from what I was looking at and seeing. And it's, you know, it's crazy because there's a lot of factors um, that played into its box office, like success in a sense, but also not its success. Like, for example, like there's a lot of, you know, African-Americans in this movie and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they attribute the, the poor box office in a sense to the American South, like, not showing the movie because of the amount of African-Americans in the movie, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's a different time back then, but just like, if you think about it, this movie is kind of ahead of its time. Like you were saying with, you know, all these African-American actors very predominantly in the movie and mm-hmm. having great roles and, you know, all these amazing musicians getting credit. I just, I love that. I thought that was awesome, but it's crazy that, you know, that didn't help the box office at the time. Yeah, I I think it's funny that they call it unsuccessful when they tripled the the budget of the movie. But yeah, <laughs> I know it's office, crazy. But you know, well, um, what... but yeah, I mean, it it is interesting because uh, I have heard that as well that it wasn't considered successful. Yeah. Um and like I I think it is. It's uh, it's weird to consider that. You know, at being one of the most expensive movies ever made at the time, uh, and being a comedy is like a very, 
risky move, I think, uh, especially yeah, in R rated comedy, um, is like not something that was done at that time, like at all. Um, so I, I think another way that this movie was ahead of its time, um, yeah, along with, uh, the the representation i guess uh yeah that was showcased in the movie definitely and also like this movie was released the same day star wars empire strikes back came out oh that's which rough. is like yeah <laughs> so that didn't help its chances um but speaking of star wars fame frank oz has a cool cameo in this where mm-hmm. frank oz plays yoda and you can even hear it in his voice he's one of the corrections officers uh giving uh john belushi jake's clothes when he's getting out of prison when when he's Mm -hmm. getting released and i thought that was that's a cool cameo um spielberg steven spielberg is at the end of the movie and i i didn't even know that that he was in it i like completely forgot and then i remember just just watching it the other day and him opening the door to the the you know the mayor's office or whatever and it being spielberg i was like holy crap that's spielberg like that's awesome i had no idea but (laughs) he was obviously good friends with landis which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. um speaking of cameos not related to star wars but uh at the (laughs) end when they're doing jailhouse rock in the prison um there's a prisoner that jumps up on a table and starts dancing that's actually joe walsh uh, from the eagles um and there's a lot of stories about Joe Walsh and Belushi hanging out in the eighties, um, and doing absurd amounts of drugs. Um, and, uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the stories is that, uh, Joe Walsh actually hired a specific bodyguard whenever he went to Chicago only to keep John Belushi away from him <laughs> because if uh, they like the Eagles were on tour or something, he was like, I cannot get messed up. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like the two nights that we're here to do a show. It's like, he would pay this guy to like keep Belushi away from him so he could play the show and get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Apparently, apparently there was like an actual budget for cocaine for this movie which is insane. <laughs> but uh, according to Dan Aykroyd, like that helped with John Belushi's performance, just with the cocaine and, in, in, you know, <laughs> intoxication. So that's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, like him, him in the clip we just watched with him doing, uh, you know, cartwheels and stuff like that and flips and stuff. Like, I, I, I love that. I, I, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> cocaine helped fuel that, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh yeah, just uh, awesome performances all around. And they were also super young. Like, Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. was only 27 when this came out. Belushi was 30. Like, that's crazy. That's younger than us right now. Like, that's just crazy to think that. Yeah, and this was, uh, I think the the concept was originated by the two of them um, because they enjoyed, like, R&B and blues. And they had actually done at least one performance on Saturday Night Live as the Blues Brothers, as like the musical act. Yeah. Um, and like, <clears throat> it's like kind of surprising how good both of them are at singing and, <laughs> dan- like, and dancing. Expect it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dancing is ridiculous. But like, speaking of the music, the music is so good in this movie. It's yeah. so catchy. Like, literally, after I watched it, I was humming and singing. You know. After I watched it, just it got stuck in my head. And I remember, 
you know, watching this movie as a kid, uh, you know, and buying the soundtrack because I was obsessed with it. You know, Sam and mm-hmm. Dave in the car and everything like that. The Just yeah. the music's so good in this movie. And again, to kind of just categorize it as a musical is is funny because, again, people kind of give me, you know, think musical is not entertaining or anything like that. It's not as, you know, another box office kind of uh, curse. But mm-hmm. I, I think it I think it's so well done in this movie. Like the music is just so, so good. Yeah, and I, I I think it helps um that there's a mix of like synced performances, like which is like classic musical where you lip sync to like a backing track. Um and then the live performances I think mm-hmm. really give it like some good variation. Um and like it it keeps things like entertaining, I think. Yeah. Um as I, I think sometimes the the backing track, you know, big musical numbers mm-hmm. can kind of like it sucks some of the like realism out of things. And yeah. like wh- one of the things that's great about this movie is like it's a very realistic movie until it isn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just pops back into reality, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. The, uh, like even just the dancing with the music too is so yeah. good. Just like the choreography is great. Like Aretha the, Franklin, the shake like your tail feather, shake uh, your tail feather with yeah. Ray is, Charles is so good. Think with Aretha Franklin. Yeah, um, yeah. It's they're all super well done. Um, I love that you know, like you said, it, it being an R-rated comedy. I do. Uh, it's one of the first R-rated movies I've ever seen, actually. And just like it still makes me laugh, just like hearing swear words and everything like that. Like yeah. him being like, you know, we got to see the penguin no fucking way like you and i quote that all the time it's just like it still makes me laugh like you know you're up shit shit creek and it just (laughs) i don't know it's still like you know surprising me like as a kid hearing swear words like that when you're you know five ten years old you're like oh yeah like (laughs) so i'm like i still feel that joy of when i first heard it as a kid and that's that you know that's the beauty of movies and the joy of cinema of just like it, it bringing back those memories of, of, you know, childhood and youth watching a movie that you saw so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the other funny parts or funny things about this movie is like, if you took the swear words out, this movie could probably be G. Oh yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing like particularly offensive about this movie except <laughs> for the profanity. And like, there really isn't even that much of it. Um, yeah. Which is kind of funny, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not violent. It's not you know. Obviously, there's you know Carrie Fisher shooting machine guns and stuff, and you know I think I think the the Nazi part <laughs> maybe would go for the for the <laughs> well, G rating, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Illinois Nazis, uh, yeah. So so, so that's uh. That is one of the things that's like kind of um, unfortunate now is that the the big joke about that has kind of been like lost to history. Um, like the story behind that is that in sometime in the late seventies, uh, the Nazi Party tried to march in Skokie, Illinois, which is one of the largest Jewish communities in the world outside of like Israel. Um, 
and uh, the city sued them or denied them a permit. And the Nazi party sued Skokie and they actually won their Supreme court case or not the Supreme court, but the Illinois court um, saying that they had a right to free speech. Um, And they, they did the March and like, you know, everybody was pissed about it, but um, like the ACLU actually uh, went and um, defended the Nazi party, which is an interesting yeah, fun fact. Um, but anyway, so the movie's just making fun of that. Yeah, <laughs> and, I uh, like that. In the in the movie, the the leader of the Nazi Party uh, calls them the American Socialist White People's Party, which is a w or a s w p p, which is short for asswipe. <laughs> <laughs> so they. That. They snuck a little joke in there too, so it's pretty great. Yeah, and then they almost get run over by a car. So, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that they like literally just like, you know, the Blues Brothers just like piss off everyone, and it just yeah, <laughs> everyone just goes after them. You know, it's <laughs> like the Illinois Nazis, the police, of course, and uh, you know the uh, country. Uh, what's the good old boys? The good old, the good boys, old boys pisses <laughs> them off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that, like that one guy, that lead singer. He's just like, yeah, how's it? How, you know, how are you gonna be able to talk with no fucking teeth? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh yeah, um, they just piss off everyone, and then just like that leads to chaos, and that adds to comedy, and like mm-hmm. it, like the chase scene, like through Chicago, is awesome, and it's yeah. shot so well. It it mm-hmm. reminds me of uh, the French Connection from the seventies, just the you know. Camera mounted on the hood, hauling ass, you know, underneath an elevated train. Obviously, French Connections in New York. This is in Chicago. But still, you know, definitely, in my opinion, paid homage to that. And I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that that movie made me want to get, you know, a, a, a cop car as a kid. Yeah. Like, just as funny as that sounds, like, it just hauling ass through there like apparently they're going like 110 miles an hour through a lot of a lot of these streets. And, like, it also mm-hmm. is cool because it's. It, again, it's kind of a, this whole movie's a love letter to Chicago and like all the locations, they just, you know, hit lower Wacker drive. Like they all, all these awesome, awesome spots. Um, where else there's a whole like Wrigley field, him, him putting his address as 1060 West Addison, um, yeah. them going past McCormick place, which is yep. a huge convention center in Chicago. Um, literally just the 90 West highway. Um, mm-hmm. just, all that was just super, super cool. And, and I, the daily just, plaza, which they completely destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love all that. Just, you know, it makes me proud to be from Chicago and it's just, it's, it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. It, it is fun. Um, especially if you grew up here and you're like, Oh, I know where that is. I, I, yeah. like, I, I used to go to that place or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, it adds like a little bit of extra, extra fun to watching it. Agreed, agreed. Um, that's just oh the whole just Dan Aykroyd's accent in the movie <laughs> made me mm-hmm. laugh because it's very Canadian, but also trying to kind of be Chicago. Yeah, and just you know uh, uh, that that in and of itself was was great. It's very Dub Bears. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, the, I think, you know, going back to the sunglasses, it boosted the popularity of Ray, uh, Wayfair, 
uh, sunglasses by Ray-Ban. I thought that's cool. Um, that's very, that became, you know, those are timeless glasses, but they became mm-hmm. very synonymous with the eighties from this movie and then risky business, which we will be doing yeah. a, a video, a, a podcast on that as well. Um, I just, I just think that's really cool. Those are originally, I think debuted in the sixties and then rapidly fell off. Um, cause I think actually Bob Dylan wore them mm. uh, a lot. Um, and then just like, you know, went away like you know like most trends do but yeah in the 80s they came back like with a vengeance and have kind of yeah. just stuck around forever because yeah they're they're great yeah. i have a pair i have a pair for sure i've you know i at, at when i was younger i mean again i was obsessed with this movie i loved this movie i wanted to be i wanted to dress up as a blues brother unfortunately i didn't have anyone to dress up with but <laughs> <laughs> um but no that that uh I like, you know, had pasted on sideburns and like the glasses <laughs> and the hat. And it was just a classic, you know, it's, it's a cult classic. And like, John, I think it's one of the movies John Landis is for sure known for the most. And like, it's just a lot of people in pop culture know this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is like one of the most iconic cult classics. Um, like you said, like we said in the beginning of the episode, you know, like it's it's still kind of mind boggling that everyone hasn't seen this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because it's just so uh like like everything about it is just so like legendary and and iconic. That, it's like, so iconic. You, you just kind of expect everybody to have seen it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's yeah, it's definitely mind blowing. So Definitely uh, highly reviewed, highly rated, worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, otherwise, just a rewatch if you haven't watched it in a while, like like me. I, I yeah. you know, it's it's definitely a loved movie, and uh, even if you're not from Chicago, it's still a classic. So yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. (laughs) I think we're good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Yep. See you next time. See you guys.